If you're trying to conceive and feeling overwhelmed with fertility advice, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Don't Tell Me to Relax, your fertility podcast and antidote to unhelpful fertility information. I'm Hannah, a fertility acupuncturist, teacher and campaigner for better fertility education. This podcast aims to empower and inform you about your menstrual cycle and fertility. It's basically all that information you didn't get in sex ed at school with the aim of improving your understanding of your reproductive health and optimizing your fertility. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Don't Tell Me to Relax. I feel like this is a well-timed episode because, and actually myself and Pilar, who's with me today, we're going to do this about a month ago. Where there's been a few times and anyway, for one reason or another, we didn't get to record this podcast. We, record, we are recording it this week and it's the same week that the Channel 4 have released the documentary called Celebrity Save Our Sperm, which if you haven't watched and you are trying to conceive or you're interested in male fertility, then I highly recommend it because a lot of what we are going to talk about today is discussed in that documentary. And I think it really, really highlights the importance of male factor and investigating men and looking at lifestyle issues around male fertility to uh, make positive changes. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm joined by Pilar and I'm going to leave you to introduce yourself and tell us about what you do and why this is your area of expertise. Hi, so thank you so much for having me over today. And well, my name is Pilar, Pilar Manzanaro, and I'm a nutritional therapist. So I qualified about 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, halfway through those 10 years, I decided I wanted to sort of work a little bit sort of uh, deeper into sort of understanding, you know, the functional medicine, so that, you know, the sort of like the nuts and bolts of our health. And then I certified uh, in the States as a functional medicine practitioner. Um, I do specialize in hormonal balance and uh, fertility, both male and female. And as it happens, I'm sort of like working a lot more on the male side of things. Um, I have been doing so for the last uh, for the last few few years. So why am I doing this? Well, I I guess you know we've all had our sort of like fertility. I mean, the people who work in this area. We tend to have had our own little journey in fertility, and so did I. So I did, and uh, that was about sort of fifteen years ago when things weren't going right, and we were having sort of miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And by the time we got to our seventh, I was starting to kind of lose my head, my my, my mind a little bit. So I was working in finance. It was my husband, you know, very busy life, very stressful jobs. Satisfying, you know, absolutely very fulfilling, but at the same time very very demanding. So we both quit our jobs we both you know two six months off we came to we went to Spain we sat on the beach we ate my mom's food yeah so we came back to London six months later and uh we got pregnant wow. and her name is Grace and uh, 15 months later Carlos arrived and uh, that was that for us you know after sort of like sort of looking at you know not necessarily consciously about what we wanted to do in terms of getting healthier but just doing it sort of without thinking about it and then, you know, when we thought, well, this is it, you know, we've got plenty of kids, then another one arrived just by surprise. Um, so um, at the end of the day, that was sort of the, the, the determinant for me to sort of, you know, start sort of like delving into how lifestyle, how diet, how what you do to your body, how you support your health actually has a massive impact on fertility. 
um and that's what i do what i did because not a lot of people can kind of like quit the jobs and uh, move to a sunny country and sit on the beach and get all the vitamin d they need yeah you need to do that through you know all the different uh, different ways when we're still like london manchester you know new york wherever it is so that's my little story Thank you. And do you, in your clinic, do you see um, mostly 50-50 men and women? Or because in our clinic, we see mostly women, but in yours, is it different? It is different, but it used to be precisely that way. So when I started, you know, many years ago, it was just women. And occasionally we'll have, you know, um, a man or two that were like, you know, sort of like dragged to the clinic, pretty much kicking and screaming by the partners. Nowadays is very different. So we've it, it sort of resembles very much what women are doing. So if there are any issues, they reach out sometimes, you know, with a partner, sometimes on their own. But also we see an increasing number of men who just come to make sure that they're okay. Like, yeah. you know, there's promise of good quality, they're in good health in order to sort of like embark on the fertility journey without having any, well, Really, any hiccups yeah so right now is uh it's not 50 50 yet but uh you know men are sort of like reaching sort of um you know low 40s that's amazing compared yeah. to like 10 15 years ago yeah and it's interesting isn't it because we were just talking about this before we came on that with women you can often not always but you can often look at a menstrual cycle and yeah. we, we talk about this a lot about education around menstrual cycles because menstrual cycles give you clues about your health and can flag potential issues that you might have with your fertility in the future so it can be a really useful diagnostic tool if you understand it but with men it's very, very difficult, isn't it? Because you can look at a man, we see, you know, we have people in clinic who say, my partner is healthy, he eats well, he doesn't drink too much, you know, he Excellent. goes to the gym. So you think, okay, the sperm is okay. But actually, when they go and do a sperm test, they discover that there are issues there. And we always say to people, don't wait get a sperm test done as soon or even before you start trying to conceive because yeah. it's going to indicate what is going on with the body. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you hit the, the nail on the head there. So, I mean, to, you know, for me, sperm and some hormone tests that I'm just going to mention in a minute are like a vital sign indicator. So, yeah. you know, because it's not just, you know, you need good sperm and good hormonal balance, you know, that to, you know, to sort of uh, to fertilize an egg and, you know, for that pregnancy to be, to be successful. But at the same time, low sperm count, low sperm quality, low testosterone levels, that can be an indicator of all sorts of things. So to me, sort of peak fertility is the pinnacle of health. Right. So when you see that your fertility is not is not working, it's not at the level that you like it to be, both for male and female, is when you you really have to start digging. It's like, why is this happening? Why is my body not allowing me to reproduce? Because it's basically, you know, at a very basic level, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. So if your boy your your body's failing at that um, at that level, you need to sort of try to investigate and figure out you know what's um, what's going on. So I agree. So testing sperm is that one of the very first things that you I advise my clients to do whether they're male or female. I mean, obviously, a female is not their own sperm; it's their partners. But, but it's a very important thing to to do because it's fifty fifty, and we yeah. know this. I mean, we know that especially when we see you know the cohort of clients that are sort of around the sort of early mid forties um, on the women's on the female side. So we know that you know that the sperm is going to play play a really important role in terms of fertilizing that egg and pulling from that embryo. Mm. So if sperm is so so 
or there's room for improvement, there's a massive opportunity for that mm. couple to get to, you know, to sort of like ease, ease the fertility journey. Mm. And so talking about um, sperm, I mean, sperm is, is massively linked to hormonal balance in terms of production, but also quality. So whenever I do a sperm test, um, I also recommend to do um, a basic hormonal a hormonal test. And this is really interesting because you were talking about cycles, right? So we our cycles are like, you know, anything, you know, from 26 to 30 or days, you know, it could be longer, it could be shorter. But for men, the cycles are, are, um, are daily. So mm. each, each day, you know, you pick up testosterone, so it comes first thing in the morning, you know, hence, you know, that sort of morning erection, which is very important to sort of like keep an eye on because if it's not happening, that might indicate that testosterone is low. Um, and then there's all the hormones that play a role too. And funnily enough, they're pretty much the same hormones that play a role in our cycle. So LH, FSH, which, you know, most women are, fam are familiar with, especially when they sort of embark on the fertility journey. But it's very important to keep an eye on, on men's as well. Because if testosterone is too low, LH and FSH are dysregulated, sex hormone binding globally, which to me, I mean, I, I cannot describe it as the, the, the vacuum cleaner of sex hormones, right? Because it modulates, you know, where your hormones are. If any of those markers are outside the range, that might be an indicator that something is not working properly underneath that 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 the layer and needs to be addressed in order to reach better quality sperm so in terms of like entry-level basic testing you mm -hmm. would recommend a standard sperm test and a ho and hormone testing yes anything else at that stage at an initial oh. stage I do actually, because I'm I'm a big fan of having a, a sort of a basic blood test, like you know, the sort of thing that your GP could do, or if you use, you know, one of the sort of like the the sort of like up and coming sort of uh, testing companies, like a basic sort of uh, you know sort of full blood count, uh, thyroid is very important, cholesterol, inflammation, because inflammation affects. I mean, inflammation is basically the reason why we age and why we end up developing chronic diseases. So if there is an underlying sort of like, you know, even not particularly high, but it's an underlying sort of level of chronic inflammation, that's going to affect our functions. And keep thinking, you know, keep remembering, you know, fertility is the peak of, uh, of, of our health. If there's any inflammation that might be affected by, uh, by, by you know, that your sperm might be affected by inflammation if that is uh, an issue. So mm -hmm. CRP, uh, ESR, you know, sort of certain markers that would indicate whether there's inflammation in your body or not are really important to have to hand if we are to improve sperm quality. Mm. And what's what's really interesting about the documentary, the celebrity um, Save Our Sperm, is that in only 10 weeks, you know, they did the documentary of making lifestyle changes over 10 weeks. And you know, the, the results were revolutionary, you know, so you know, there's a lot, you know, there's three celebrity men starting from a place of, you know, various different issues, one related to DNA, one relating to number. Um, yeah. And in, in only 10 weeks, they they all made improvements. So yeah. it really does, you know, it, what, what's great about that is it really does go to show that lifestyle has a huge impact on sperm. Indeed. And, you know, you, I think, all couples should, you know, sort of like embrace and make a note of that because it's incredibly important. We we can well, we can work on egg quality. I was going to say improve. I mean, we cannot measure egg improvement unless you know we produce, there's a pregnancy that 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 comes to come. However, with sperm quality, give it ten weeks, give it twelve weeks, and then you see the improvement. And it's something that it's incredibly powerful 
because you can start with whichever quality sperm, but after 12 weeks, after you've changed your diet, your lifestyle, you've addressed, you know, it could be inflammation, it could be high blood sugar, it could be your liver not, work, not working as it should be, you should see the results. Yeah. So really, it's incredibly rewarding to do the sort of like three months of changes because you end up in a much, much better situation and you can measure it. Yes, absolutely. So in, in terms of nutrition, so as a sort of general rule, what are the things that we should be avoiding or what are the things that can kind of negatively impact sperm that's that's the that's that's the the easy the easy way to describe yeah. what to do with sperm because you know so puts, so making a list of the things that they should be eating i mean it's, it's, it's very long but so the things to take out are the usual suspects and a few other bits but the usual suspects would be too much alcohol in fact you know if they can go teetotal for a few months you know it's the, the whole health is going to benefit from it right um sugar because sugar is incredibly pro-inflammatory um saturated fats because they again they're very pro, they're very pro-inflammatory and also if there's any excess weight dropping sugar dropping alcohol dropping saturated fats might help reduce that visceral that abdominal fat and you know we all know that you know having fat around your belly is not great because it stuck to the organs right and also some most people might, might not know is that it's metabolically active that fat so mm. that's going to affect your hormonal balance mm. and the more fat you eat the more sugar you eat the more extra weight you carry the more testosterone you're going to be metabolizing or aromatizing into estrogen mm. right you're in a more estrogenic sort of um, state which is definitely not good if you have by trying to improve your sperm, your sperm. Uh, but at the same time the more fat you carry around the middle guess what happens increases the temperature of mm. that area and sperm and high temperatures don't go well together yeah that, that was yeah very well documented yeah so basically sugar alcohol processed foods and uh, basically too many refined carbs so anything that is on the on the inflammatory side so people ask you know do do i need to give up red meat my answer tends to be not really because as long as it's good quality it's not particularly fatty so there's a massive difference between a burger and a steak yeah or a, burger or a low fat organic meats right so if you eat a lot of burgers and those burgers you know come with the cheese they've been sort of like fried or grilled with that not particularly good oils the bread will be white and would have sugar in it and god knows what else right so it's nasty however if you make yourself a, an amazing shepherd's pie with low fat red meat organic ideally tons of veggies that's actually a good thing and also we need some iron in order to balance your our hormones so mm -hmm. at the end of the day it might not be that much of a bad uh, it might not be a bad thing at all um now so we talked about sort of things that are um pro-inflammatory and we should take out so if you take that out would you put in veggies yes. loads of them right? The more colors, the better. About half a plate, have a plate of them every time you sit down to eat. So I tend to aim for um, for a balanced diet, anything that can is out of the ordinary. So, you know, call it a keto, call it a paleo. You might need that because your health requires it. Like, you know, either your mitochondria is not working and you need more fat or, you know, you don't digest carbs well. In that case, okay. Because if there's any foods that are upsetting that balance, any foods that are increasing inflammation or making you not feel well, they should get out straight away. Yeah. But if not, 
a balanced diet with about half a plate of veggies, the more different colors, the better, focusing on things that are high in, um, um, in, in nutrients that support your liver, because we're going to link in toxins in a minute, right? So your brassicas, your uh, your onions, your garlic, the, all of those things. And by, by the way, brassicas, I mean broccoli, cauliflower, kale, uh, watercress. All of those things are great to support how our liver is chucking out all the rubbish what we put in our in our body. But very importantly, it's not just toxins. It's the hormones that we've used and they're sitting about waiting to be excreted. Mm. If we don't metabolize them and excrete them, they come back. So mm-hmm. you get in some sort of Armageddon of hormones that might not be conducive to good fertility. Mm-hmm. So tons of veggies, different colors, the more the better. Then a quarter of a plate, so that's half the plate, another quarter of a plate, um, and refined carbs. So whole grains, you know, the sort of the brown stuff, the frothage. So, you know, sweet potatoes, uh, wholemeal bread, if you're okay with gluten, brown rice, quinoa, millet, all of those things incredibly good to keep your gut going and eliminating toxins reducing inflammation mm. if you eat anything from the carb world like you know say gluten rice and you bloat you feel sluggish you don't feel great that's definitely not for you is pumping up inflammation stop it but find something else that's not affecting you um and then protein we need protein because at the end of the day sperm has got a huge amount of protein in it right so healthy protein so your beans and pulses are great to sort of support your your hormonal balance organic chicken organic red meat fish and seafood bit of moderation there because there's a lot more toxins in the sea in the oceans mm-hmm. than there was like five ten years ago so still eat it try to eat wild organic if you can uh but just sort of balance all that and then how do you put all that together good fats extra virgin olive oil coconut oil um avocado oil avocados themselves nuts and seeds so that's the sort of diet that I tend to I tend to promote with um, I guess an emphasis on you know a bunch of nutrients that are very important for for um, for sperm production. Zinc, which is coming from you know sort of red meat, green leafy veggies, that's a great combination, pulses, nuts, seeds, and shellfish, but yeah, you know, in moderation because of the toxins. And also, you know, certain certain religions don't allow it. So, you know, sort of veer towards the, the other foods. And selenium. Selenium yeah. is fantastically important. So where do we get it from? Brazil nuts, couple a day. Absolutely amazing for both male and female, especially if there's any, any sort of thyroid issues. And salmon. But, you know, salmon, you know, environment is an issue. I have toxins, so maybe once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, what about, you know, just following on from that, what about supplements then? You know, do you recommend supplements to people? Because we often hear lots and lots of people coming into clinic with a very long list of supplements that they are on. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I feel like it can be counterproductive to sperm. So just think about, you know, it's not that you're doing too much antioxidants, right, through supplements. I mean, you could be and you'll be screeching them right? But the more you put in that your body doesn't need to use, or the more you put in that it's got fillers and additives and the capsule and this and that, your liver is going to have to check that out. Yeah. So your liver metabolizes it and then your gut's got to process it. So if you don't need it, do not take it. Because also high doses on a very sort of um, on a long-term basis might actually have negative effects because Mm. nutrients are are supposed to be eaten in combination with, you know, with a, with different foods. 
But if you kind of put like, you know, therapeutic doses in your body for a very long period of time, sometimes, you know, there, there might be issues. So I do see the same case uh, when, you know, I get a list that is kind of, you know, it's like a scroll system thing. And I tend to rationalize that. But I don't do it in terms of like, you know, okay, you're coming to me for male or female fertility. This is your list. No, it looks like, where are the gaps? Let's build them up, right? Yeah. So things that I not always, no, well, almost always uh, recommend um, a few different antioxidants, but I do look at that at the, at the diet and see what they're not having. Vitamin C is a very gentle one. Worst thing that can happen is you get a bit of a loose bowel movement. If you do, we cut by the dose. Yeah. Um, vitamin C, you can do um, a little bit of CoQ10. So you'd be quick. Because we know and research shows that it really sort of supports the mitochondria of the cells and where eggs and sperm cells. Right? Yeah, it's incredibly important. However, I do try to do as much as possible through diet. Yeah, like liver, <laughs> eating liver, which is not to everybody's taste. Right? Yeah, I must say I struggle with that. But if I put it with uh, with some you know good quality mints and I make a chili con carne, I actually think it adds to the flavor. Mm. Some people love you know to take a liver pate. Why not? Right? But if not, um, some some ubiquinol is a good addition. Um, a lot of the the doses that people come to me with are like around six six hundred milligrams. It's huge and it's very very expensive. I'm not quite sure we can absorb that much. So I do use high doses when we get you know we got six months to turn this thing around because they're heading for IVF. Uh, eggs are, are for a non quality. We're hitting forty ish, but if not, I sort of try to do smaller doses and do more through uh, through diet. Um, all the supplements. I mean, zinc and selenium are great. But also the metals, right? The minerals. Mm. They're not metals, they're minerals. So if we put them in high doses, your liver might actually have to sort of work harder eliminating them. Have a look at the diet. Let's see how much they need it. Let's see if the thyroid might need a little bit of support because these two, these two nutrients support the thyroid as well. And they put them in. All the supplements that are gentle and typically have no side effects Omega-3s, again, they work on that membrane on the cells. They make it pliable. They allow the cell to take on uh, more nutrients. Also, they're great for hormonal balance. They are anti-inflammatories. They can work on your blood sugar. So they've got a lot of benefits. And typically, we learn them because Mm -hmm. we need to have a good ratio or an optimal ratio between omega-3 and omega-6. Omega-3 will be your chia seeds. It will be your... um, your, some some or some nuts and seeds and it will be your oily fish which we're eating less and less of whereas omega-6s are all the vegetable oils all the refined foods all the processed foods so the ratio tends to be inverted so adding an omega-3 tends to be quite beneficial regardless mm-hmm. um and then there's, uh, there's certain amino acids so you know l-carnitine uh, l-carnitine this um arginine they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant, but you need to know if they need them. Yeah. Especially arginine. I mean, I find that works beautifully when there is motility issues. Okay. So for motility issues. Okay. And also when there is, because arginine is the precursor to nitric, nitric oxide. And when those two are low, you might actually find that erections are a little bit softer. They're actually not happening. Mm. That's a great symptom. It's not very symptom, but it's a great thing to know if mm. it's because then you can you can supplement with a bit of um, arginine and see if that happens things if that, ha- that helps things because at the end of the day 
when there's a um, ED, erectile dysfunction, blood flow to the area is not great. Mm. If that's happening, sperm is not going to be of the best quality either. Mm. So, so, so that's some good general supplements, but really, I guess what we always say is it's so individual, isn't it? Because like you say, we've got to look at the whole person. You've got to look at their diet and you've got to sort of get some professional advice and information. It's, it's money well spent is what we always say in clinic. It is because also it's the quality of the supplements themselves, right? It's like sometimes, you know, you can go to Boots and come out with like a, a bucket load of them for 20 quid. Yeah. And they might be, I mean, they would do very little for you and they might actually be counterproductive. Whereas if you get a much higher quality supplement, you would probably need less for a shorter period of time and it will work. Yeah. So getting some advice on that extent um, can be very, very useful. And reading the labels, I mean, even even good brands. I mean, yesterday I was looking at something that I thought, wow, it looks amazing. And then when I go to the very small print, it's like, oh God, it's got sugar in it. It has cane sugar, which wow. I thought was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, very well renowned brand of supplements. Yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, sort of have a have a good look at um, I was in there. And then in terms of um, supplements, vitamin D, we yes. need vitamin yeah. D. We yes. all need vitamin D. I mean, vitamin D is going to support your um your your immune system if there's any issues with immunity around sperm production and it really helps with both motility and quality and hormonal balance yeah. make sure your levels are right over supplementing getting way over 100 um, nanomoles per, per liter might not be the right thing to do because it can affect your hormonal balance in a negative way through that sex hormone vacuum cleaner that I, that I mentioned before so you know have a test you know, yeah, that basic sort of blood test. Are you vitamin D? See where you are. If you need some more, add it. Yeah. Okay. Great advice. And in terms of um, where do you stand on like toxins, like environmental toxins, like plastics, chemicals, products that we use? I mean, it's kind of like a whole other world of stuff to think about and worry about. Like, what's your kind of what's some good, basic, achievable? advice given that we live in a world that is full of them um okay so i think my my first piece of advice on, on this is like do not stress about it right yeah, yeah. we are equipped with a, an amazing filter within our body and it's called the liver support your liver don't hammer your liver unnecessarily so try not to eat processed food don't drink in, don't drink in excess uh, if your hormones are not well balanced, you try to balance them, eat all your fiber, eat all your brassicas. So the filter works, right? Now, it's an equation. What you put in, how you process it, how you excrete it. So how do you excrete it? So after it goes through the liver, look at the gut. Are you pooing? Are you pooing like a pro? Are you pooing at least once a day, right? If you are on the constipated side, you're seeing that those toxins are sitting in the colon and they're being reabsorbed. Yeah. At the same time, drink plenty of water. So that's the let's check this out sort of side of things. Now, let's not put too much in. As you say, it's really difficult. I mean, you know, think about the environmental toxins. I mean, just sort of like, you know, walking around, if you live in a, in a city and you don't live in the middle of the countryside, you're going to be inhaling certain toxins, but your liver will be there to sort of like help you sort of like remove things. Now, what can we do? You know, what's under our control? Filter your water whenever you can. Try to avoid drinking out of plastic bottles. Yeah. Trying to use the microwave, and if you absolutely must, do you not know, put plastic in the microwave? In the microwave, 
Yeah. So this plus is that you can sort of avoid, you know, from that that point that point of view. Um, if you when when you go to the supermarket, try to avoid buying things in plastic. You are going to have to buy some because otherwise you will walk away with a loaf of bread, right? From the bakery, and that's it. But if there's a choice between getting your salmon off the off the sort of like the freezer cabinet, the the, the fridge cabinet, or going to the fish counter and getting it like freshly cut and putting a plastic, and then sort of like getting it out of the plastic as soon as you get home, do them the extra ten minutes, yeah. If you're buying beans and pulses, they come in glass jars. If you're buying, uh, you know, say uh, anchovies, for example, which are an incredible food because they're, f- they're full of all sorts of good things. Not to the taste, like the liver, but hey, um, try to buy glass jars as well. Um, and then look at the labels. If you start looking, I mean, if you look at the labels of the food that you're just about to eat and it's got things that you don't recognize, mm-hmm. things that are longer than three words, things that start with an E, put it back quickly, walk away. Let's find something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then that brings us to toiletries. I mean, we need to wash, right? But do we need all the cosmetics, all the products that we're using nowadays? Probably not. I mean, do we need to use perfume? Do we need, need to use aftershave? Do we need to use like you know a hair mask every three days? Do we need to moisturize? If you need to moisturize, try to find something that's a little bit cleaner. So there's loads of new brands that um, are much lower on the on the on the chemical front mm-hmm. so i don't want to sort of like you know do any 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 sort of uh, uh marketing here but uh, but there's loads of new new brands and even the the usual sort of like more high street brands this they they tend to have products that are less less chemically chemically um heavy so there is something called um the dirty dozen and the clean 15 and there's a quango in this in the states that basically analyzes pretty much every cosmetic under the sun mm. and they tell you what's good and what's bad it's very difficult to find something that gets a green light on absolutely everything but you've got to take a view so my recommendation tends to be reduce what you don't need i mean like you know when it's in some cases slightly different but for women it's like do you really need to paint your nails mm. yeah mm. Do you really need that aftershave? Do you need to use that spray deodorant? Can you get a roll-on? Can you mm-hmm. get something that is less chemically intensive? Um, um, so just try to reduce what you can. But, you know, because we can't eliminate absolutely everything. Yeah. Support your liver, support your gut, make sure that things are getting out. That brings to the organic sort of discussion. And uh, organic food is brilliant, but it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. In everything in organic in you know in organic form so my view there is go and have a look at this dirty dosing and clean 15 i'm happy to send you a link and you can share it yeah that's uh, it's very it's very useful because it is american but food is global and the chemicals we use are pretty much they're very similar right so try to stick to organic with uh, the dirty dosing and typically they have like spinach and uh, strawberries and blueberries and I mean, there's things that the the um, the thick of the skin, like avocados, pineapple, melon, watermelon, the 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 cleaner inside, right? Mm-hmm. So don't waste your money there. Put the money in the you know in the things that you cannot really peel because I don't think anybody can peel a blueberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the majority of the antioxidants are the skin anyway. Yeah. Um, and then that brings us to protein. So you can wash, you can peel, um, you know, update You can. Or you cannot do the same thing with a chicken. So if you're going to put your money somewhere, 
is buy organic protein, organic eggs, organic dairy. If you have in, you have in dairy, organic, um, organic, um, organic red meat, organic fish or wild fish, because those chemicals will be very difficult to to avoid. If you're very concerned about your exposure to toxins, fish is getting more and more and more plastic. So limit it a little bit. And I leave that up to, you know, my clients because, you know, say, for example, you don't eat any of the animal protein. So you have to balance it. It's like, well, there's no other animal protein there, but there might be a little bit of plastic. Okay, let's support the liver and have the fish. Yeah. So you just need to sort of like, you know, look at each case individually. So I think the bottom line is it's not good for you. But let's be rational about it because we live in this world, right? And you can get obsessed. Getting obsessed is probably much worse than not doing anything about it. Yeah. And any other um, lifestyle sort of tips or advice for sperm health as well? So we've we've covered like nutrition, we've done supplements, we've done toxins. What else do we need to be thinking about to look after sperm? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, two really, really important things. The first one, sleep. Mm-hmm. No one's supposed to be sleeping enough these days, right? And, you know, sort of like managing six hours, um, if you wake up and it's a bit of a struggle, if you feel tired, which is normally the, the case. I mean, there's some people who actually kind of thrive on six hours. It's not the norm, right? If you're not sleeping enough, if your quality of sleep is not great, if you're going to sleep, if you're going to bed too late, you won't be missing out on, you know, sort of the peak of melatonin, which is a great antioxidant. But also, you're not giving your body those hours to rest, relax, do not produce any, any hormones, take a break, right? So, and also remember that we detox during the night. So the less time you spend sleeping, the less time you're going to start, you know, you're going to be supporting, you know, excreting those toxins. So sleep is fundamental. Good sleep hygiene. Put your phone, not down, but outside the bedroom. Mm. Try to avoid being on screens an hour before bedtime. Do not drink coffee sort of, you know, from four o'clock onwards um try to have a bit of herbal tea have a shower do some reading do some meditation do some stretching go to bed when you're ready to fall asleep because you've done a little bit of prep and you know the environment when you're sleeping is important to make sure there's not too hot it's not too cold that uh uh you know there's not too much light because i mean especially in the summer you mm. know you very early so get an eye mask so have a look at how your sleep is and try to improve it a little bit um and that's sort of like paired with kind of stress which is also you know stress stress i mean it's very linked to sleep right because if you're stressed you're going to sleep less if you're not sleeping well you might get more stress so it's very important and stress has a massive bearing on your hormonal balance mm-hmm. also on inflammation and that can affect your sperm quality now um stress and exercise go hand in hand as well so good levels of moderate exercise will reduce your stress so it says you know it's a stress uh, you know it, it helps release stress it keeps you fit eliminates toxins brilliant if you overdo it on the stress front that might be a stressor for your body because your yeah. body is, is not ready for it mm. or too much I and mean, even if you're like super fit and you're running a marathon that's a massive stressor for the body right? It can put pressure on, gut, on your gut, it can put pressure on your hormonal balance, it produces a ton and a half of oxidation. So moderate exercise, amazing, please do it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're sort of trying to conceive, the last thing we need to do, start start training for a marathon. Mm-hmm. So moderation is the, is the key. So 
And I guess it goes back to balance again. I think that, you know, the key for fertility is balance. I mean, if you balance your life or you balance your diet, you balance your your hormones, then you get to that optimal fertility. So balance your exercise, balance your sleep, try to reduce stress. Mm. And anything around heat, like around heat, around sort of, you know, like pants, laptops, Ooh, back, laptops yes. all that kind of like heat business. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, most people understand that, you know, putting your laptop on your lap is not a good thing, right? Yeah. But it's the phone that gets me. Yeah. Right? Because your phone tends to go on your back pocket. And especially if you're if you're a man, right? Because you were more, you know, didn't wear more trousers that than women. So um be careful with that. Don't keep your phone that you know so close to to your genitals. Mm. Right away. Not just because you overheat sometimes, especially if you're using it for a long time, but the radiation itself. Yeah. Mm further away the better and then heat in terms of sort of like wearing very tight clothes very tight underwear um especially if it's not cotton if it's not breathing that's not going to help right mm. so taking very hot baths is not going to help because one one fiber you know we not the, the majority of the population might not know is that sperm itself does not carry any antioxidants it's very very un, un, unprotected so the fluid that they swim in seminal fluid protects it but at the same time, if you increase the heat, I mean, it's not that you cook it, it's not as crazy as that, mm. but you harm the sperm and you harm the fluid. In yeah. So it's definitely not a, not a good thing. So loose cotton underwear, there is, um, the, you know, there's some underwear that kind of like, it, it's, you know, said to sort of lower the temperature of the testers. Why not if you buy a new underwear? Mm. But yeah. if not, loose cotton try to sleep either with um you know loose loose pants or in the nude why not um and um, just sort of try to lower the temperature if you drive a lot that can be an issue as well right because you know guys the car can be hot you know you're sitting on your on your on your genitals or you know for hours on end that's not great time to take some breaks and at that point definitely definitely don't work like your pants right definitely not it's kind of get something nice and loose and try to get a, a little bit of uh, of ventilation and that i don't know if you're going in you know still there's a little bit of time but that brings me into cycling which mm. is very popular and a lot of men really absolutely love it um it's a tough one right because you know you don't want to sort of like give up your favorite exercise you don't want to stop exercising by the mm -hmm. same time you want to spend five hours wearing lycra pants on a bicycle sitting on your testers yeah. so i mean things around that as well don't do it every day do a little bit of running instead get a massive fan and put it in front of you <laughs> try not to not to cycle in in um, in sort of like those fancy sort of like rafa um you know sort of like cycling gear things but it's definitely, you know, the less, the better. But then you have to find a different exercise. Mm -hmm. Also, I always say to people, it, this is why it's really good to do sperm testing, isn't it? Because you can do a sperm test, you can see what's happening. And you can see, you know, if 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 there are areas, you know, if you're a cyclist and you've got problems and you stop cycling and your sperm gets better, great. You know, if you're, if you're a cyclist and your sperm is fine, then you know because it's different for different people so testing really does give you so much information and, and, and empowers you to make good decisions about what works for you indeed indeed and just i guess one one last word on testing because we talked about testing the sperm testing hormones there's another couple of things that i mean you know anyone who's kind of embarking on the fertility journey has probably heard about at least the dna fragmentation kind of tells us what that dna the dna 
is like inside inside the sperm absolutely fundamental because at the end of the day dna is what's going to fertilize that egg right mm -hmm. and if it's wonky it's not gonna it's not gonna be good news there's one of the tests that sometimes i mean I, sometimes we do at the very beginning but sometimes i do a sperm test and then i check on that and it's a test for infections yes yeah so um you know for females we tend to do a vaginal swab uh, we might do a urine test to check for uroplasma, myoplasma. For men, it's equally as important. And if you're trying to conceive, you're going to, you're going to be having unprotected sex. If you have it, your partner might have it. You yeah. take antibiotics, you do your, probi do your probiotics, and then you go ahead and you know have unprotected sex again. You might get it back if it came from there or if you pass it on to him or her. So watch that space. Make sure that if there's an infection, you do, uh, you do treat it either through antibiotics or antimicrobials, depending on time and anti uh, antibiotics might be the, the easiest route. And importantly, retest. You know, taking antibiotics is, is nearly a magic pill, but sometimes it's not, right? Yeah. So if, yeah. if it's not been eradicated and it's still there, you know, you think you're okay, but you're not. So it's really important that you retest to make sure that it's all gone, gone, gone. Yeah. Pilar, that is absolutely jam-packed full information and help um which i know people are going to find really really helpful so i'm going to put the details of how to get in contact with you on um the show notes so thank you so much for all your time and for sharing all your amazing knowledge with us because that is amazing i've said amazing quite a lot there but <laughs> thank you so much for your time and your experience we really appreciate it Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, you know, captive audience and talking about, you know, one of my favorite subjects. I mean, yes, it shut me up. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. I really hope this has been helpful. As always, we would be so grateful if you could give us a review either on Spotify or Apple, wherever you list. It really does make a difference. So thanks again. And we will see you next time. If you've enjoyed listening to this and want to find out more, then come and join my free community in Facebook. We have loads of resources. You can catch up on all our previous webinars and be the first to know about forthcoming events. To sign up, just follow the link in the show notes. And if you'd like to work one-to-one -one with myself or one of the team, then please see our website, hannahpern.com, where you can book in directly or organize a discovery call to find out how we can support your fertility and your reproductive health.